This is the EWN Podcast Network. While the framing of your new house is underway, the purchase of the windows will be another of the huge decisions that must be made. Join us today as we discuss everything you should know about windows, but were afraid to ask with a 30-year veteran of the trade. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, home builders and remodelers, to another episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that will take you through the process of building or rebuilding a new home from the ground up in 52 episodes. If you're rebuilding after the loss of your home or rebuilding a new home from the ground up, each episode of From Disaster to Dream Home will help you know what you and your design team will need to do to make the construction process fluid so your dream home can rise from the ashes. There's no doubt that the window style and design make a huge difference in the look of our home, but we must also decide about form and function. Should our windows open top to bottom or side to side? Should they slide or crank? If we have heating and air conditioning throughout our homes, why do the the windows even need to open? Which windows should open and which can be picture windows to frame our views of the outside? The architect will have specified the style and proposed the look of the windows on the plans, but you may want to wait until the house is framed and the framing is complete to do the final measurements in case you want to adjust the size and shape of the window because of what you realize you see or who can see you. Our guest today, Larry Cohen of Bel Air Exteriors is going to guide us through the important factors in making the right decisions about the windows and doors on our listeners' new homes or major renovations. Bel Air Exteriors has been serving Los Angeles and Ventura County communities in California since 1997. Owner Larry Cohen provides new and replacement windows and doors for single family homes and multifamily residential dwellings. What I like best about consulting with Larry on my own home as well as my clients' homes is that they use a variety of vendors so they can provide a variety of products and solutions that fit your environmental style and budgetary needs. Hi, Larry. Thanks for being a guest on From Disaster to Dream Home. Good morning, Jenna. It's my pleasure. Now, I know that whenever I meet you at a client's home out in the field, you're going to lead us through a decision-making process about our specific window and door needs. On a new home where we are not trying to match an existing window product, where do we start? What are your suggestions that, that you'll ask us about that will lead you to uh, what you suggest we purchase? Well, the first questions that I always ask a client are, what are the most important things to you? Is it the 
comfort in your home? Is it uh, the amount of light in your home? Is it the sound issues in your home? All those things are very important because some windows are quieter than others. Some windows are more energy efficient. And when we find out what is on the top of the homeowner's wishes, then we start looking at the possibilities. Now, do people usually come in with their plans from their architects when they're doing a new home project? Yes, the architect typically has a window schedule and a door schedule. That's one page out of maybe 50 pages, but that's the one that I get involved with. And we have a discussion with the homeowner about what the architect has suggested. Many times architects are not really familiar with the products involved and they'll make mistakes by putting in sizes that are not easily built or they create a financial hardship to the owner because it's a custom uh, size and changing it by a small amount mm -hmm. may change the look of the house, but it may change the budget. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. So the architect's plans are really a guideline that then you really have to apply your logic to. Absolutely. That, that's why we meet with the clients because we can help them in the choice of materials and the look and what's important to the client. That's that's ultimately what it's all about. So speaking of materials, um, what are the different material options and what are some of their strengths and weaknesses, um, if any, of, of each of the major categories? There are a lot of options available today. The traditional windows in a house were wood windows. Going back uh, 75 years, all the windows were wood windows because they hadn't come up with solutions in vinyl or aluminum or any other substitutes. So those are the traditional windows. They, the only problem with them is that they're quite expensive because mm -hmm. they have to be custom made. And secondly, they require maintenance because they have to be painted or stained and that causes them to be relatively expensive. In the 19... 60s, they started making vinyl windows in Europe. And in the United States, it really happened about the 1980s because we had not suffered the cost of wood going up crazy after the Second World War like they did in Europe. And so it happened much later in the United States. So the, the, what, what happened was wood windows now comprise about 10% of all windows sold. Wow. Windows, which were the most important windows after the Second World War. They became very prevalent because they were significantly less expensive than wood, were a large percentage then, but now are down to about 10% of the market as well. Vinyl windows, when I say win windows, I'm referring to the frames that go around the window. Uh, once upon a time were a fairly small part of the market. When I, when I got in the business in the 1990s, it was uh, uh, 10 or 15% of the market in California. Now it's up to 75%. They are wow. the overwhelmingly most favored windows uh, in the country, all parts of the country. And then there are other windows that are made 
that are composites. Uh, we have some windows that look like wooden windows that are that are fairly expensive, uh, but they claim that they have a certain look, and so people want that look. And then there are clad windows, which are wood windows that on the outside have aluminum or vinyl so that they can look different on the outside and they're easily taking care of the maintenance is much less because you don't have to paint or stain them on the outside. So those are the choices that you have uh, from traditional wood to vinyl, which is taken over as the most popular window and aluminum and clad. So those are all the differences that are available. And that's also indoors. There's, there's a wide variety of product that are available. Most of the doors are either wood or fiberglass and vinyl. So those are the choices in the wood, excuse me, in the doors. Mm -hmm. So in the window world, let's um, stay there for a little while. Um, in terms of the differences between the wood, aluminum, and vinyl, before we get into the clads, which um, really interests me a lot, oh, and I guess fiberglass, um, do they all, you know, imitate the design styles of the original wood, or um, are can, or aluminum, you know, windows very different? How do they relate style-wise? Well, wood windows are a classic look. Yes. And some vinyl some vinyl manufacturers want to imitate the look of the wood. So uh -huh. they make frames beveled as opposed to flat and they're more expensive and they're, but they're thicker and they have higher ratings. So they're, they are a, a, a viable substitute for wood when you want to achieve that kind of a look. When you get into aluminum, you really can't do that. But some people like it because they want a more modern look. Right. Very, narrow frames and aluminum allows you to do that. And then when it comes to colors of product, the vinyl windows can be color coded so they can be any color on the outside. Mm -hmm. And aluminum uh, typically comes in satin anodized, which is what you just a natural aluminum color, or they come in bronze and there are other colors available as well. So those are choices in each of the products each of the colors, they give you a wide variety. Mm -hmm. So with vinyl windows, I'm used to them coming in, in just like a couple of colors. And, and my clients are always led to choose between a sort of taupey color or a white, or there's a kind of brown and then black. Um, if you do some color work with color coding, does that add a lot of expense to the window? It adds probably 30 to 40% yeah. to the cost of the window. So mm -hmm. it is significant, but it also gives the person a chance to design what they want for their house. A lot of people yeah. have a front door painted bright red, and they might want the windows to complement that yeah. as opposed to simply being white or beige or whatever. So it allows you, the designer, to make the outside of the house look however you want it by giving a choice of colors. Yeah, well, I'm I'm always thrilled to have the flexibility in the design choices, but I, I see why that's pretty substantial. Certainly there are houses in which that will make a big difference to be able to tone the vinyl. Um, and then, uh, and what about the fiberglass? Is that actually paintable? 
fiberglass, yes, it is paintable. That is the significant advantage of fiberglass because some people want to have paintable windows. It allows them to do that. Then, of course, if they do paint the windows, they have to maintain them. Mm -hmm. So that is the downside. So mm -hmm. that there's always trade-offs in this world. Yeah, and the fiberglass windows, so those are fiberglass inside and out. They're not a composite. Um, and how long does the paint finish, you know, last on a fiberglass window? Is it any longer than it is with wood? Or what would be the advantage of choosing the fiberglass? It would be somewhat like wood. Uh -huh. uh, but wood also has the uh, disadvantage of being affected by rain or snow or sun, those kinds of things, whereas fiberglass is not affected by those variables. Interesting. So then I love the idea of the cloud window because, you know, I'm from New England where, you know, the interior house with beautiful wood windows is, is just desirable to me. I just love it. So, but then the practicality of the aluminum or the vinyl or the composite on the outside is going to wear better for weather. Um, where are there any places climate wise where some of these choices are better than others? Well, I'd say that when you get near the ocean, mm -hmm. you have to consider the fact that the air is uh, very moist. Uh, and very, salty and it can result in in harm to the windows therefore yeah. I, would, I would stay away from wood if i were building where the weather is a problem it uh -huh. also when you get to uh to the mountains and you have a lot of snow or wind you you have issues like that when you stick with other products they aren't affected nearly as much as wood interesting okay so then and then price wise what would be the sort of order of most affordable to most expensive in that list? Well, I would say that the clad windows are the most expensive. When you have a combination of wood and something else on the outside, that tends to be the most expensive. Mm -hmm. Wood windows, when they're custom made, uh, can also be quite pricey. Uh, it's not that wood as a material is particularly expensive, but when you have to measure and then cut and make them custom. Yeah, it's, it's labor intensive. It's exactly right, the labor. Whereas with vinyl windows, the labor is, is uh, very minimal because you take the width and the height and they're made by machinery. So uh, if, once you program them, they automatically get built. So it's, it's less expensive. That's why Vinyl has gone from being a small portion of the market to 75% today because they are relatively economical, but they still have the advantage of heat and sound and energy that makes them very viable for people to use to have a quiet, energy efficient home. Mm -hmm. And you know, certainly you have to decide things about you know, amortizing the initial investment over time. Um, and, you know, that might lead you to be able to justify a more expensive solution if there are good reasons for that. Um, but in, in terms of the price comparison between styles uh, and the choices that you're going to make, are, are, where in the conversation are you going to start to talk about price after we've, you know, you've come to our job site or we've come to your showroom? 
Um, we're, we're looking at what things look like. We've talked a little bit about function. When, do we, when does price become part of the conversation? Price becomes part of the conversation initially, generally. But the reason I say that initially is if, if somebody is building a house and it's going to cost $1.2 million, we're going to say oh. somewhere between 25 and 5% is probably going to be the budget for windows and doors. Oh. So the board's going to give you a price range. And that price range is going to tell you where it will fit in your budget. So then, so fairly early on, you're going to look at the overall cost of the house. And then you're going to look at the style of the house. What does the neighborhood look like? Mm -hmm. You're in Beverly Hills or Hidden Hills or mm -hmm. a place where all the homes are multi-million dollar places. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to probably get windows that are going to look comfortable in a house like that. So yeah. the fact that windows are, quote, expensive mm -hmm. is not the issue. It's how will they fit with the house. Mm -hmm. So our, our job is to look at the overall house, how it fits in the neighborhood, and then that will direct us to what the cost should be for the windows and doors. Yeah, so I guess it's not a bad thing to have looked a little bit early on when you see what the contractor's budget is allowing for the windows to see you know, what your options are. How early in the process should we start to take a look for the window products we're gonna use? fairly early in the project. But the yeah. reason I said it is, if you're going to design windows that are going to be made for the house, yeah. lead time for building them might be anywhere from a month to four months. Uh -huh. because most window and door products can be built within that time frame. So if you look at the building project, you have to back out from the date you expect to move in to the date when you have to order them so that they can be built and installed so that you can keep your production schedule on time. Yeah, so ideally, if you looked at window options while your architect is drawing up the plans, you're really far, you know, far ahead of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good plan. So the style, the word style is often a word that we use for how something looks. Window styles refer to their type and function, which will be a major factor, factor in our specific window selections. Can you describe some of the most popular window styles currently? Well, basically there are windows that go side to side that, that are sliding windows. And there are also windows that are narrow and tall that are up and down, hung, hung windows as they're called. Mm -hmm. Windows open from the bottom only, double hung windows open from the top and or bottom. And then going side to side, you can have a single slider, which means one side of the window opens, the other side is fixed, or a double slider, which should mean that either end can open. Or thirdly, you can have a window, for example, in a living room that might be 10 or 12 feet wide, where the both ends can move, and the middle part is a picture window. So that that is a common kind of a look. And then of course you have casement windows which crank out from either left or right, or you can have awning windows that crank out and they're hinged at the top. So there's so all kinds of choices with windows in different styles that either open or don't open. The only regulations have to do with windows that are in bedrooms. Uh -huh. 
If you have a window in a bedroom, it must have legal egress. Egress means to go out. And you have to learn the regulations for egress windows so that when you build windows in a bedroom, they'll meet the fire department codes and be safe for the homeowner. If you're in a living room or anywhere else in the house, the windows don't have to open. So then you have to consider what you consider important as far as fresh air. Some places in the house, you may want them to open so that you can get cross ventilation, opening mm -hmm. a door inside the room and a window on the other side and the room stays comfortable because the air flows through the rooms. And so those are all considerations. And then also uh, when, when windows open from one side or the other, you have to determine where the center of the room is because when air comes into a room through mm -hmm. a window, it comes in and opens up to the two sides. So mm -hmm. when you have a window that opens, you want the opening part of it to be as much toward the center of the room that will allow air to come in and cool the entire room. And that is important for how it operates. So the kind of window and the way it operates is really kind of specific to where it's located and what you want it to do. Um, are there, do you have to be consistent around the whole home in terms of precisely the style? And, and what about the materials? Can those um, change from the front to the back of the house, depending on your needs? Absolutely. Uh, there are some neighborhoods that were built, uh, let's say, in the 20s and 30s. So they're now 90 years old. And they may have wood windows in the front of the house. And you may want to continue that because they look expensive. Yeah. They give very, they give a warm, fuzzy feeling. Uh -huh. And you'll want to do that in the front of the house. However, at the back of the house, you may not want that. So you can mix and match as long as they're not on the same wall and somebody looking at the house is not gonna see both at the same time. But if they're looking at the back of the house and the front of the house, they may very well be different so that you can achieve the look of the house, the feeling of the house and the ventilation for the house. Interesting. Now, um, casement windows, they're a really specific choice, I think. They're, they open with, um, uh, a handle. And are those, are they more or less in style? Have they come and go at different times? Well, I think that they're very popular when you have an area that you want to have air coming into it. Mm -hmm. If you had a single hung window or a slider window, it would give you half as much half. air. Right. Because right. at casement, the whole thing will open right. up. Right. So therefore, they, they work when you have a small place but want to have a lot of air flowing through it, you use casement windows for that purpose. Interesting and lovely. It's so nice to get, you know, give it a crank and get a whole blast of beautiful air in. And what about awning windows? What are the specific um, uses of those? Where are they often used? Well, what they are, an awning window, it has uh, the hinges across the top of the window. Mm -hmm. But when you crank an awning window, it opens out. Yeah. And it allows air to come in. And the only difference between a casement and awning is the placement of the hinges. Whichever side of the window is longer, if it's wide and not very tall, uh -huh. 
awning window. If it's narrow and tall, it's a casement window. It depends on oh, the direction okay. of the window. Mm -hmm. And they give you that same kind of um, whole window opening. Exactly correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there are so many endless, you know, amount numbers of window manufacturers. How will the manufacturer we choose affect the prices? Well, different manufacturers have different policies on warranties mm -hmm. and on the quality of windows they build. So you have to look at the components of the window to figure out what the manufacturer you're going to use. If a window is going to be bigger, thicker, stronger, et cetera, it's going to cost more. And it very well may be worth it. If mm -hmm. something is 10% more expensive, but offers you twice the energy efficiency, uh -huh. it's be a bargain. Right. So what you have to do is when you're looking at windows, you look not at the price, but first of all, you look at the characteristics of the window and what you're trying to accomplish. If you want a house that is very quiet, you're going to select a window that has better glass and cuts down on sound issues. Mm -hmm. When you buy a window, it will tell you what the sound issues are. It'll tell you the thickness of the glass and whether it's a single pane or double pane, how much distance is between the front and the back glass, and therefore it will give you a sound rating. Secondly, are energy ratings. They're very, very important in this day and age. When you look at a window, there's a federal standard called the Energy Star Standard. It applies to all kinds of things, windows among them. To be an Energy Star window, it has to have a rating that will be low enough to allow it to be called Energy Star. When it is, it's more valuable than something that is simply glass and not coated so that it provides that energy star protection. Those are important considerations. And the price becomes an issue only after you determine what the quality of things are. Our company, Bel Air, we, we use the term, we, we use a saying, Bel Air quality at Van Nuys prices. Yes, you do. The reason we do that is we want people to study the quality uh -huh. characteristics yeah. of a window before they make a decision yeah. on the type of window they're going to buy. So once they know what the sound issues are, what the heat issues are, and then they can always look at it to see the look of the window, then they have a better idea of what they should buy because it will suit the look they want for the mm -hmm. house and the sound they want for the house, the energy efficiency they want for the house, once they've decided all those things, then they move ahead with their decision. So I know that there are um, glass options even within a specific line of windows that will, you know, if you don't need specific sound barrier on one side of the house, but you do it on another, I mean, you can upgrade it. It doesn't have to be consistent to the whole order. It can be per area. Uh, so I know that, that there are upgrades for, um, for sound, and what about UV rays? Are there uh, windows that will deflect more UV rays and be more heat sensitive? Absolutely. The, the, the windows are rated. You get, you get the numbers and you can buy the product that will make your house more comfortable. And when you're talking about sound, one side of the house may have a freeway running by. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two bedrooms on that side of the house. Right. You they want to put in glass, as yeah. you said. It is sound protected. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the house, you may not want to cover that expense. So therefore, they can be very, very different from one side of the house to the other because that's what your needs are. That's why we have the consultations where we talk to the architects, where we talk to you about designing, and we talk to the clients. Once everybody agrees on what they're going to do, they can move ahead and get the house they want. Mm-hmm. They get the sound, the energy, the look, and then they're very happy people. Happy is good. That's what I always say about my clients. The, the happier, the better. Exactly. Uh, so then are there specific things to consider if you're buying your windows for a new construction pro- uh, project versus a renovation project? Are there kinds of windows that are going to be easier to, you know, or better to retrofit in a renovation? Absolutely. <laughs> when, when you're doing when you're doing a house, and let's say that you have 15 windows and two sliding glass doors. If you buy them as what we call retrofit windows, it means that they can be easily installed. You do not have to damage the frames of the house going in to, to install them. So it, it cuts down the expense of the installation significantly. The cost is very minimal compared to the installation cost. So you buy windows that fit the project. If you have new construction, you buy a totally different frame of the window because there's not going to be anything there. Therefore, you're going to nail it onto the frame when you put it in, and then you're going to do your stucco work. So it's a completely different process for new construction versus retrofit. Interesting. And um, you have been around doing this for 30 years or so. What about the design trends that you're seeing? You've talked a little about the material trends um, in terms of uh, vinyl take kind of taking over the market significantly from being new kid on the block to now being a substantial, you know, part of the uh, of the scene. So, but what about the design trends, the aesthetics, and um, the, you know, the what people are trying to accomplish with their windows? Well, the designs have to do with either traditional look or a more modern look. And that has to do with any house in any neighborhood. When you want it to be traditional look, you're gonna to want to have uh, the, the older kind of a look. And if you do that in vinyl, you wanna have beveled frames so they're not flat. And if you have an aluminum window, you can have flat frames and they're gonna be narrow. So it's more modern looking. So those are the considerations for the style of the house and you buy the windows to fit the style of the house. That makes a lot of sense. So we've made a selection of our windows and we've made our, put them in our house and it looks fabulous and we're going on and living, living well. How long should we expect our windows to last in our home? When we talk with the client, we always talk about the length of time they're gonna be in the house uh-huh. and what they want to accomplish. Many brands of windows have lifetime warranties. Therefore, you can buy windows knowing that they're going to be warranted as long as you own the house. And therefore it makes it 
very economical because if you say, if you're a young couple and you're in your 30s, you're going to be living there for 40 years or more. The cost of the window is going to be amortized over a long period of time. And it's so it's so it's very, very lovely to to know how long your windows are going to last. And if they're good windows, they're going to last a long, long time and have a warranty to reflect that. That sounds good. Now, is there anything about windows before we go on to doors that I've uh, that I have forgotten to ask? I haven't thought to ask? Well, we haven't talked about specialty windows, such as bay windows or bow windows, things like that, that you may have a living room and you want something to stand out. And the bay windows uh, will have uh, a center panel and two sides. Those can open. They give a very, uh, they open up the room because they make the room feel bigger because the wood because the window no longer stops at the wall it may project mm -hmm. 14 inches or so mm -hmm. and uh, bay windows do the same thing they have multiple panels anywhere from three to seven panels and they stick out from the house and they allow air to come in from both sides or in the middle however you want to design it and so it gives you a specialty uh, look for those kind of windows you know, I, when I think about bay windows and window seats and things like that, I really sort of think about New England traditionals and, you know, those the beautiful details that you find there. Um, I don't think of them as much for contemporary homes. Are they more or less in style and trend now? Well, we've seen a number of houses where a family moves in. They may have a three-bedroom home, but they may be a relatively small house. Therefore, the bedrooms may be mm. uh, 10 by 10 or something like that. If they want to make that room feel a lot bigger, uh -huh. they may put a, a bay window in there or, or a bow window in there. And therefore, the kid can sit in there and it actually makes the house, the rooms feel much, much bigger. And that's the way you, you get around some smaller homes mm -hmm. because the windows can make them feel better. And uh, that's, that's fairly common in houses in the suburbs today. Yeah, and it, and it can give you more um, amounts of inches of airflow because when you push out, you can have the windows on both sides. And so right. and what's the difference between a bow and a... A bay? Yeah. That's the other word. A, a bay window is flat in the middle. Uh-huh. And, and then it angles back either 30 or 45 degrees on the side. Uh-huh. Whereas a whereas a a bow window will have multiple panels and the, the, the sides will not come out 45 degrees. They may come out 10 to 12 degrees. Uh-huh. So it's a more of a curve. It's, it's a smoother look. Uh -huh. Doesn't give you as much inside space as a bay window gives you. Uh huh. Interesting, but it gives you a really cool little style change. And exactly. then, in terms of the um, your warranties, to go back there for a second, when you sell your house, is the does the warranty go with the windows, or how does that work? It's very important when you're buying the windows to check on that, because some companies' warranties are good as long as you own the windows. Other companies' warranties do not transfer to the new owner 
and therefore the value of them decreases substantially. So it's important to check that. And all the windows stated, they state on their warranty what the conditions are so the vendor can tell you exactly what you're buying. That sounds like a good thing to know more about. All right, so I'm about to transcend from windows into doors. Anything else? No, I think that pretty much covers yeah, it. That's pretty much a good deep dive overview of, um, of windows and what we have to consider. Like windows, doors can, of your home can be customized to meet your individual style, as well as your climate and durability needs. There are as many decision-making factors in choosing the exterior doors as there are with any major decisions that you've already made with your, for your new home or your major renovation. The front door is probably the most important as it's like the punctuation of the design style of the house. So what are the initial questions that we'll need to think about approaching the design of our front door? Well, first of all, you wanna decide on the size of your front door. Sometimes you'll have a single door in the house. Other times you may have double doors, a right and left side, or in some case, you'll have a door in the middle and two side lights, one on each side. Those are all considerations. Do you wanna bring furniture in through the front of the house or not? Uh, what kind of a look do you want the front of the house to be? It's a very important decision because it's a focal point for the front of the house. So therefore, when you make that decision, it does start to set the style for the house. So the, what are the different material options that we can consider for, for our front doors? Generally speaking, there are two types of front door materials. There are the wood front doors, which is the traditional product. And then there also are now fiberglass front doors so that when you look at the doors, they can be manufactured to look like a wood door but they are going to be very different. What are the material options to consider when we're thinking about our front doors? Well, wood can be painted or stained, so it can have any kind of a look. And it can be carved wood, it can be flat wood, so it's whatever type of stain you want, whatever type of material you want. Many of the front door finishes uh, on expensive homes are very exotic woods. Mm -hmm. you can a tremendous look to the house but remember that when you do that you have to maintain it right so, or you want to consider what is going to affect the front door if you have a forward door that is facing south or west it's going to get much more sunlight than if you if it faces north or east mm -hmm. therefore you you if you're going to face south or west you want to have it covered the overhead. In other words, when you walk up to the door, is there anything above the door? That's right, an eave or a, an archway or something. Exactly, yeah. lots, lots of people do that and they'll keep the sun off the front door and the rain off the front door. If you do that, you can use pretty much any kind of wood as uh -huh. it won't by the elements. On the other hand, if you have, if your home is in an area where it gets windy and if it's facing west or south, it's sunny, it can affect it. If you go to a fiberglass door, mm -hmm. fiberglass doors are pre-finished that they'll look, they, they might have a wood look. Uh -huh. 
it will stay in shape because the elements, the sun and the rain won't affect it. Therefore, they'll last a lot longer. If we go into an area where, where you have, if you're doing a renovation, it's facing a certain direction and the old door got affected by the weather, you want to take into consideration, use fiberglass, it'll make it a much more longer lasting, more beautiful type of door, less maintenance fees. So when I think about a wood door, it can be so many different kinds of styles from, you know, Mediterranean to a mid-century modern, you know, kind of slab door with a contemporary window. It can be craftsman. And of course, whether you paint it or you stain it will give you a very different look. Is, is fiberglass imitating a lot of those um, traditional and specific styles? Absolutely. That's exactly why they were created. They were created to give a longer lasting wood looking type of door. If you, if you have a, a door that's exposed, I would highly recommend that you use material that is easily taken care of and less costly. So then um, what about iron and glass and, and glass doors when people who want to get you know, the door to act as a window and get some light in through the house? or the, you know, the beautiful styles in an iron. It's very, very important and very beautifully done. There are doors that are, that are, that have glass and, and uh, iron between the panes of glass so that they look, uh, they look like they have the, the metal, but the metal is not on the outside. On the mm -hmm. other hand, big doors that are, that the metal is on the outside and the glass is behind it. They're both very, very popular. As, as you get more intricate designs, the cost goes up. Yes, and a lot of times the ironwork doors are on doors, spaces that are larger. They're kind of higher and somehow more dramatic. Um, my clients spend a lot of time and often um, choose customized, unique designs for their doors. Most recently on two homes that we worked on um, rebuilding after the recent fires, we had um, one of them was a custom double door, you know, craftsman style. We made it, they wanted it to be a traditional wood stained. And the other one, we created a magnificent iron and glass door um, uh, and on a more, it's, it was a, I'm gonna call it a transitional home. It was a traditional style in many ways, but because the windows and things were open and more simple like a contemporary home, I'm gonna call it trans transitional. What are the styles and the design trends that you're seeing? Well, you've outlined it beautifully because <laughs> the choices are incredible. Yeah. And the cost can be incredible. Yes. The more, the more that you want to have an individual design for your home, mm -hmm. the more it's going to cost. So frankly, if you have a very expensive home, you can get a door that will meet your needs but instead of being uh, three to five thousand dollars for front door, it could be ten times that. Yes, it can. But if you have a multi-million-dollar home, yeah, spending that much money may be a statement that is worth having. Just yeah. like when people buy art to put inside their home, exactly, they, or, or jewelry, you know, or jewelry. It's, it's really yeah, it's the it's the little jewel bauble on your house. Exactly. 
And so then, you know, what about pivoting single panel doors? Have they been something that um, they're something I'm seeing out in the market? I've had my clients ask about them. I have one client with one, which is amazing. Um, are people asking about those and tell me about the, the pivoting panel doors? Well, most of that is done in what I call commercial buildings, mm -hmm. not in residential. And uh, so if somebody wants it for residential use, they'll have to design the house around the door because yes. specifically have its own look, its own opening, and but it can create a custom look. If that's yeah. what the wants, it's going to be very, very valuable for the home. Yeah, so the mechanism has existed in the commercial world for a long time and people are just bringing it into the, the um, residential realm? Typically, that is the case, yes. Yeah, and have you done any recently? Are people, are you seeing them or is it just me? <laughs> I think the designers are going to see them before yeah. the people who do things that are yeah. done this way. So I think that you're going to see more of it than we will. Yeah, yeah. When people drive through their neighborhoods, just, you know, looking for what's new, um, you know, they come home with a list of addresses and we go to check out what those are. And, and that's where I am actually seeing them pop up quite a bit and they can be very beautiful. And so then you talked a little bit about the um, that there are pricier options and less pricey options. Um, in general, are there um, the prices, like what are the products that are gonna range lower and higher? Well, I would say when you talk about a range that the fiberglass is going to range lower than the mm -hmm. wood. The most the affordable option. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to be cheap because if there's a good door, it's not going to be cheap. But yeah. when you get into wood, the, the types of wood that you use can bring the price up unbelievably because you can go from, from one style. Right. If it's a paint grade you know, or a stain grade, obviously that's going to make a big difference. Absolutely. When and you whether the grade. wood is a feature or not, yeah. When, when, when you get into wood, it's just like building cabinets. If you want a common wood, it's going to be inexpensive. The uh -huh. price of the product itself can go up to 10 times as much be, depending on its rarity. But if you have a house that you want to have a unique look, then you look for something that's more rare because it's set to, your, to what you like. So the next most important doors are in the back of the house the transition between the interior living spaces and our outside entertaining areas. What are the different materials and door styles that we can choose from? And how do the different uh, options affect the lifestyle and entertaining flow? Well, if you're talking about entertaining, then you're talking about how the traffic moves. In other words, yeah. inside to outside. There's a, if, you have, if you're building a new home and you want the transition from inside to outside, to be spectacular, you're going to do it to create as big an opening as you can. So if you had, for example, uh, your, your family room in the back of the house and it was going to open to the outside, you may want that door to open very wide. And a typical door, uh, patio doors are five feet, six feet, eight feet, 10 feet, 12 feet, 16 mm -hmm. All those different sizes have moving panels. If you want them to disappear, you have to build a wall 
that will allow the panels to slide into the wall and therefore create a huge opening without any pillars at all. That's if you have a view mm -hmm. and transition from inside to outside is important, that's worth it. Mm -hmm. If you have a house that you had for many years, you're probably not going to be able to do that because you'd have to rebuild the whole wall, the house, the whole structure, et cetera. Uh -huh. so, or you, you'd want to do folding doors or another way creating that opening. But you have to take that into consideration when you talk to the client because the different options can be very different in price, but it can create a dramatic effect. So it's all price, sure, yeah. versus beauty, and usefulness. Yeah, so I'm seeing a real trend in uh, California homes, especially you know new construction homes, where people are taking advantages of, of the options of these houses where these beautiful sliding um, panels retract into the walls, which of course, as you just said, you can do on a new design project, but you can't do in a retrofit home. But in the retrofit, you can act, you can do them they, where they slide over and then they pivot open. Uh, and are you seeing this as a style for the normal, you know, person down the block, or does the price prohibitive to the point that it's only over a certain amount of home value that that's going to be considered? I would definitely say that the price difference makes it affordable for somebody who has the look of the house, how important it is. If it's incredibly important to have that access to the outside, the value will be there, but it's going to be three to four times as expensive as a standard sliding door. That's what you have. Let's reiterate, three to four times. Now, they were a little bit more rare in, you know, in my time just arriving in California 20 years ago than they are now. Have what have they gone you know, down in cost to become more popular or has the technology evolved to make them more affordable to the people who can afford them? Yes, I would say that's correct because now they're making them in vinyl and they're making the hardware more attainable. So they have come down in price from what they were, uh, but they're very, very useful. I would say they're, they're still about three times as much, but it used to be much more significant than that. Yeah, it used to be, I think, really prohibitive. Like someone would come up with that idea early on in my career and then abandon it pretty quickly when the conversation of price came up. Um, but now there seem to be enough options. And and what are they made of? Are, are some of them wood or are they mostly vinyl or clad? Well, they, they can be, well, they, they can be made of any material. It's about the hardware. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh them work so if you have vinyl they're going to have the same type of hardware as wood or fiberglass so it's really about uh you have choices and it's mm -hmm. all about hardware is fiberglass lighter weight or heavier than wood well that depends on how they build it uh-huh i i have seen many fiberglass doors that the frame is built so that the weight is virtually identical to wood because they want the feel of wood of the movement to be exactly comparable uh -huh. and then and then what's important is the type of hinges or or the, the parts that move have to be made so that they operate easily so depending upon the weight of the door if you have great wheels etc 
it makes them operate flawlessly. When you're and looking so, at quality, you, you get the best hardware and that allows it. Yeah, the, it's always about the hardware in so many things. Um, and so then for those of us who are not gonna take that plunge and want to uh, create that feeling of the indoor outdoor space and openings, and we are gonna use some more traditionally scaled um, sliders or French doors, are there are there trends right now, or have there been recently between kind of French door feeling where the doors open out to the space versus the sliders that you know take less floor space and um, are you know have lots of other you know good things about them? Well, in the last decade, there have been a number of changes in sliding doors. When they started making French style sliding doors. The frames were much bigger than on traditional sliding doors, which had very narrow two-inch frames. Uh -huh. The style doors have four to five-inch frames, so they are much more substantial. They also cost more, but they give a very formal kind of a look. So therefore, a lot of people will have a master bedroom. They'll have doors going to the outside. They may have a, a eight-foot sliding doors and make them French style. It gives a very classy look to the bedroom. So they're very popular. They didn't used to make French style sliding doors. Mm -hmm. They only swinging doors. And the advantage of the sliding doors is it doesn't take up space on the inside and outside, but it gives you right. a look. Right. Yeah. So that's a, a you know a newer technology, but still has been around a really long time. Yes. So then you know, we're opening up our houses and some of us live on, you know, beautiful hillsides in California where the, the wind is going to wipe, you know, take away the bugs, but others of us live amongst them. Uh, what about the ease in screens? Certainly, it seems to me the easiest way to have screening is when it's a slider. Um, but then what about if it's a French door or um, a whole wall opening facade? Um, are there screens designed into these products or are they all aftermarket? Both ways. It depends on the manufacturer and the materials, etc. The most uh, interesting screens are the ones that can operate from the sides and can fold into the sides and virtually disappear when you're not using them. Uh -huh. And they can come together. And when you want to have the doors open, you can have the screens closed. So there's many options to create a look that, that transitions between having a screen and not having it and having them open easily so people can walk through them or not. Those things <laughs> that are available to anybody. Yes, yeah, so or of course, walk through them when their screens are closed, when they're drunk at a party, which is why we replace our screens every certain amount of time. Are there any, are there any um, good warning systems? You know, I wonder why screens aren't red or something like, there should be an option so that people actually can see them before they destroy them. Well, maybe we have to come up with that product, Larry. Sounds like a good idea. I'll work on it. Thank um, you. So then what about the rest of the doors on the house? From the garage to the side yard, from the bathroom to the pool area, all kinds of doors are part of the plan. Um, I consider these doors a design transition from the inside to the outside, and I work hard to have them relate to the overall design somehow. Um, what are the specific things we should consider in all those sort of ancillary doors? 
Well, style is going to be very important if you want a theme for the house. You yeah. may make all those doors, two panel doors or four panel doors, uh -huh. different kinds of looks. And if you're yeah. consistent, you'll give a feeling to the house. Uh, and then some, case, some cases, you may need the doors to be fire rated doors. Yes. That allows you to have a transition between uh, going inside the house into the garage and you may want to have that to be that made by code have to be yeah, a fire yeah. door so you have to have a specific look for that door as well yeah by specific look you mean not very pretty that is my you know i'm having problems right now with a client who I, i'd love to do um, an attractive transition between we're converting the garage which we do a lot of here in california um, and we want it to be a transition like into a room but by code, it is still a garage. So there are no pretty windows and door frames. Well, as far as the design of the door, they can be pretty. They just can't be a lot of glass because that won't pass muster. So it, it can't be like a door elsewhere that can have a lot of glass in it. But you can have two panels or three panels or six panels, whatever, so that you can have uh, traditional looks going into the garage that are fire rated. Yeah, so it doesn't have to just be a slab. Correct. Or it can be, depending on your point of view. So you've had about, as I said before, 30 years of experience in the field. Um, what are the, are the design trends that you're seeing in exterior doors in terms of what people are selecting now? What, what seems to be something you're seeing a lot of? Well, when you say a lot, what actually happens is it's the opposite of that. I don't worry about a lot. What I worry about is the person whose house it is, how comfortable they are in the look of the house and the performance of the house. It's always an individual thing. It's not what everybody wants. It's what that specific client wants because we're going to bring to that client whatever they need to make them happy. That makes sense. And is there any you know recent technologies or some things that you see coming down as innovations in the field of windows and doors? Well, in terms of energy efficiency, mm. the last 20 years, it has gone from mediocre to significantly better to incredibly better. Because today, virtually all manufacturers make windows and doors that live up to the federal energy star standards making your house comfortable and quiet and beautiful and, and those standards are proliferating and then people are now also uh putting solar on their house which has nothing to do with the windows and doors but if you have great windows they complement the house and help to make it cooler and quieter etc and uh that's another point when you're designing a house today, you have to consider the solar implications and the energy efficiency, take that into account as well. So let's review, shall we? In terms of our windows and our doors, the important um, decisions are the look and the style, uh, how it relates to the architecture of the home. And then there's the, um, uh, the, 
environmental concerns, you know, how it's going to hold up to um, whatever the weather is in your area and, and the technology that you were just talking about. And then there's the cost concern. Is that pretty much the order in which we should be considering all these things? When you talk to the homeowner, yes, I would say mm -hmm. that when you talk to the architect, they're interested in measurements, et cetera. They don't worry about the cost particularly because that's not really their concern. Yeah. But uh, to the homeowner, it's a big concern. Yeah, so do you find that a lot of times people come with plans that are calling out for things that they really don't want to afford, that they really have to rethink the um, windows from the original plan? If the architect was listening yeah. to the client, they generally are going to come up with and a plan yeah. that conforms with the client's financial wishes. Almost every architect is very, very aware of that. It will ask the proper questions so that they come up with that and they find a middle ground that will allow people to have options, but within a, range, a price range that will suit them. That makes complete and utter sense. So unless I have, you have any thoughts about things I have not yet asked you, uh, just give me a little bit of an idea of, of why you, what you love about what you do and how you have been at it for so long. Well, the nice part is I like people. You and so when I meet new people, it's always fascinating to hear their plans. And they're always excited when I'm talking to them because they're talking about something yeah. that you're going to live in. And yeah. so you're you're in the same field. Yeah. And yours is very personal, personal. Mm -hmm. And so when you can meet people's needs, you make them happy. When you make them happy, everything flows and and i get to work with people like you which is great because mm -hmm. coming in and we're talking about the windows the doors whatever and i'll talk to a designer they've talked to the client and we all become a team that makes it the the, the people's home their 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 house they make it into their home mm -hmm. and we do we change a house into a home and the home meets the needs of the owners it makes me damn happy well, that's a lovely way to end. And I'll say that, you know, for me, having um, vendors who are so knowledgeable about their products gives me so much confidence that, um, and you're, you know, you educate me all the time as well as my clients so that I'm not going to miss something because it's not the main thing I do. I do many, many things and you're the expert in this one thing, which is super, super important. So thank you so much for being with us today. Jenna, thank you very much for your time and your questions. You're welcome. Larry, so glad you could join us for this episode. Everything you should know about Windows, but we're afraid to ask. We are here to tell you, don't be afraid to ask. And we got to get some important conversation in about our exterior doors. As you can see, adding a window and door expert to your team early in the design process can make the selection and ordering of windows and doors much easier. Seek out a professional like Larry so that you can consult with them throughout the process. Just another way to avoid rush decision-making, rush order fees, and construction chaos. You can reach Larry Cohen at Bel Air Exteriors through the link on our website where you can also find all of our past episodes. Go to www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com and please leave us a nice note 
or ask any question you may have, and we will respond with the wisdom of our experts. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at From Disaster to Dream Home. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.